the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The Arthur Idala Power Hour is sponsored by Idala Bertuna and Cammons, PC. This is the Arthur Idala Power Hour with quintessential New Yorker attorney Arthur Idala, New York's go-to lawyer. He's here to share his stories from in the courtroom and around the city with interviews from high-profile guests and everyday folks calling in to talk about everything from politics, lifestyle, health and wellness, and more. And now your host, making the case for the city he loves, attorney Arthur Idala. Live in the studio at 6.03 on Wednesday, August the 9th. And uh, it's a Judge Mike Pesci night for me. I am the reason, one of the reasons why I'm down here at the studio is immediately after the show, I'm going to skadoodle out of here and head down to uh, Brooklyn and uh, meet up with my, excuse me, my dad and Luca and my nephew Nicholas and hopefully my friend Giuseppe Guccione. And uh, we're going to have a little uh, Judge Pesci has given my dad as a birthday present a um, a meal he's cooking for him, which is um, quite exquisite when Judge Pesci decides he's going to put on his apron and open up a bottle of red wine and go for it. I think he said he has 15, one, five, 15 tasting courses. So that is something that I am very much looking forward to. Alex, uh, thank you for being here behind the uh, the, the Always a pleasure, Arthur. How was your day today? Congratulations on your uh, 10-year anniversary. Thank you very much. 10 years here at AM 970, The Answer. The first mention of it today, so thank you for being the first to mention it. I appreciate it. And the woman who's also joining us here in the studio is... Joni Pelzer, with she, but she's been pretty good today. She only put like Bye. she only put like eighteen different articles in front of me. You could talk about this, and you could talk about that, and you could talk about this, and you could talk about that. I want you to be prepared. Thank you, Joni. Um, well, what? Um, let me tell you a little bit about technology in the world of law. So we um, we have a new research system in our office. So when I was in law school, um, and you needed to know the. Um, the state of the law on a particular topic, you would, I'm not exaggerating, you would have to go to sometimes up to six different books, like books, remember books, hardcover books, you know, you would start in one place where it was just a, um, like a subject matter book, and then that would send you to another book, and that book could send you to two or three other books where you could find different cases, and then after you find these cases, then you had to go to the most recent book, which is called Shepherds. I don't know where I got that name from. And you'd shepherdize the cases. And, like, it would take hours. <laughs> you know, it was not like fun in law school. Like, that was your role at the library. Like, oh, I can't wait to go do legal research. I mean, it would take an extraordinary amount of time. So today, as per my request... We had the Lexus Nexus people come into our law firm in the um, in the big conference room up on the screen, and um, they gave a presentation. And it does incorporate 
some of this artificial intelligence stuff. And it's kind of crazy. I mean, it is really kind of crazy. So I'll just give you a very simple example. You can use, so if you have a question like, you know, is it legal for the police to pull you over and automatically open up your glove compartment? So you, all you do is you just put that question in and then it gives you basically an abbreviated answer and then it gives you all the cases that pertain to that. Now, that type of technology has been around for a while, but now you find these cases. Now you write your brief, okay? So like it's giving you the cases. It's giving you the facts of the cases. It's giving you summaries of the cases. Your brain has to incorporate it into a cogent document that is obviously um, somewhat aggressive and somewhat and and definitely uh, you're advocating in the document. But now you could take the document that you think is the finished document. And now you upload it into the LexisNexis system and they tell you the cases that you forgot to cite that you didn't put in there. They make grammatical suggestions. They make all kinds of rewriting suggestions. Now, they were very clear to double check everything that the computer tells you to do. And I will tell you why everyone's on pins and needles. This lawyer in the federal court um, in front of Judge Castell, who was appointed by Bill Clinton, who's a very tough judge. I had two cases in front of him last year, and and although he's pleasant, he's a very rough sentencer. And he's very, he runs a tight ship. I guess that's the nicest way I could put it. Well, this lawyer submitted a motion that he allowed the computer to write. And in the motion had, I don't know, I think it was two or three or four cases that didn't exist. Like people in the state of New York I don't even want to say it against Joe Piscopo, um, that that there was no people in the state of New York versus Joe Piscopo. So the lawyer allowed the computer to write the motion and to insert the sites, the sites being what cases they were relying upon. But the lawyer never himself went back and looked at the cases and, number one, made sure they exist at the very least. And number two, to see what they stood for. Did the case stand for what... Uh, you were arguing in the paragraph before where you cited this case. The cases didn't exist. The computer just made them up. And this lawyer got called to the carpet by the judge, got dressed down, and then the judge decided, I don't know what I'm going to do. I'm going to decide. And he waited like a week, and he decided to sanction the lawyer. Um, He sanctioned him $25,000, which obviously is a lot of money, but... It's more about now you have that big dent on your record that you have been sanctioned. You never, ever want to be sanctioned as a lawyer. Um, and at least that's my opinion. There's some lawyers like, if you haven't been sanctioned enough, at least once, you're not pushing the envelope. No, you should know where the envelope, you should know where that line is, and, and you should lean right up against it, but you shouldn't cross over it. Um, so I will tell you, though, I started the day off being quite impressed and almost wowed. Uh, I mean, I know, I know these these law research apps and these law assistant apps can do a lot, but this was like okay, they could really, really do a lot. Um, I did a lot today uh, working on the Friars Club and bringing that back to life, and that has been um, a what do you call it, of love? A labor of love. It's been a, definitely a labor of love, but there are some definite uh, strong um, indications that 
we could pull out of this, which would be great because it is a New York City institution. There's nothing in it for me except it would be great to save a New York City institution and not have it fall to COVID like the 21 Club did, the Grand Nevada Room did. Um, <clears throat> there's plenty of places in New York that just made that COVID may disappear. And um, speaking of COVID, we're going to have Carol Alt on next. We're going to talk a little bit about COVID. You know, it's back. My one of people in my office has it. Um, I one of my clients has it. Doesn't seem like you know anyone is going to the hospital, but it's not fun. You know, it's not a, a cool thing to um, <clears throat> to to experience. I think the person in my office. I said, "How do you feel?" And she said, "Like an elephant is sitting on my chest." Nobody really wants an elephant to sit on their chest. The um, the city of New York, for those of you who are listening outside the area, it's bustling. Um, and, the, you know, the tourism season is is high. I was walking around today. It's pretty warm out. Um, and yeah, I went to dinner last night with a, a friend who was in the administration of Eric Adams. And, you know, I got a little I got a little insight as to what's going on in City Hall. The one thing and we're going to talk also to a lawyer who is an immigration specialist, and that is far from what we do at my law firm. Um, so I'm interested to pick a brain on, on what exactly is going on with that crisis. But it is a crisis. Um, these are human beings who are coming to New York. And what I have surmised or kind of come to learn is that even if the city has found locations for them to go, there's no one who works for the city to run the locations. You can't just like open the door to an apartment building that is, you know, has been renovated um, and the city bought it. Like, and just be like, okay, go ahead, go find yourself a spot. It needs to be organized. There needs to be some form of security. There needs to be some form of sanitation. There needs to be some form of uh, ability to, to either cook or have food brought in, to do laundry. Um, and the people who, they, who have been at City Hall doing this, they're, they're, they're very tired. And, you know, you're going to be like, oh, stop it. Think about Yankee Stadium, what it's like to be in Yankee Stadium, and double it. Because that's how many people without a roof over there are floating around. Around 100,000 people. Yankee Stadium holds, I believe, just shy of 50K. Um, and from inside City Hall, it is a conversation that is constant. And um, it, we're, we're going to talk about it. I mean, the mayor said today that I think we're going to spend $6 billion in the current um, fiscal year and looking to double that in the next fiscal year. Billions of dollars is a ton of money. I mean, an enormous amount of money. And the feds aren't helping. The state isn't helping. Now, some people should say, well, Adam should be more aggressive. Adam should pound his chest more. There's only so much chest pounding he can do. This, the governor is more powerful than he is. The president is more powerful than he is. Um, all I know is that they're working their tail off. You know, Mayor Adams said, you know, I need New Yorkers to help me come up with solutions. So, you know, then Curtis Sleeve was saying, today, oh, they're going to put tents down in Bay Ridge and Arthur Idala's neighborhood. I don't see that happening. But um, I don't know. We need to wrap our head around this program and see how uh, this problem and see how we can help them. Alex, who are we listening to? So Robbie uh, Robin, Robinson died today. I, I, I botched the name. You can tell me. If and I Robbie Robinson wrote this song, correct? There you That's go. Correct. All right. Don't go anywhere. Coming back with Carol Alt to talk about some wellness on Wednesday.
I want to introduce you to a unique healthcare provider that may make your life easier called InfuCare RX. Under the watchful eye of my good friend Devin Patel, founder and CEO, InfuCare RX is a leading nationwide specialty infusion pharmacy provider for patients with complex conditions. If you're currently in need of infusion services, whether IV or sub-Q infusions, InfuCare RX can offer a positive lifestyle change by providing these services in the comfort of your home rather than from a clinic or hospital. Patients of InfuCare RX have access to their full clinical team via phone and digital access 24-7, 365. Speak with your doctor and see if you're a candidate for the safe and convenient at-home infusion services of InfuCare RX. To review the services, please go to InfuCareRx.com. That's I-N-F-U-C-A-R-E-R-X.com. InfuCare RX, improving quality of life one patient at a time. Let's talk about my friend Rob Sabah and his sister Danielle and their mom Brenda over at Bay Ridge Honda because they are turning up the heat this summer by saving you $1,500. Yep, $1,500 they will give you when you turn in your trade or lease and purchase your next car with them. They have been your family-owned and operated dealer for over 60 years in Bay Ridge, Brooklyn, and everyone in all five boroughs relies on Bay Ridge Honda. Browse from over 200 new Honda vehicles and over 100 certified pre-owned vehicles backed by the Honda True Program at their 2022 President's Award-winning dealership. And right now, you're going to get 0% APR financing and zero down payment on select new 2023 Honda models all month long. Plus, that $1,500 I just spoke about, that's what you're going to get credited when you turn in your trade or lease when you purchase your next car with Bay Ridge Honda. And even if you don't buy a car from them, they will buy your car from you. So visit them at Bay Ridge Honda on 4th Avenue and 88th Street in Bay Ridge, Brooklyn, or online at BayRidgeHonda.com. That's BayRidgeHonda.com. These deals are available to qualified buyers. Additional fees may apply. See dealer for details. Sale ends August 30th, 2023. Hi, Kevin McCullough. Wish there was an easier way to navigate the world of real estate. If only there was a way to learn from the best. Well, now there is. Saturdays at 10, our very own Dottie Herman, vice chair of Douglas Elliman, gives you the inside track to what is hot in real estate. Stay one step ahead in today's seller's market as Dottie gives her tips on how to make it through the tricky waters. Doesn't matter if you're new to the game or a seasoned vet. You need to listen to Eye on Real Estate. Dottie and her team of experts will guide you as sellers and buyers to make sure you're getting the best value for your property. Whether you want to become a real estate agent or work within the business, there is no better person to learn from than the great Dottie Herman. Why? Because she is the best, period. (laughs) So tune in, Eye on Real Estate, Saturdays at 10 on AM 970, The Answer. That's Eye on Real Estate, Saturday mornings at 10 o'clock on AM 970, The Answer. So at Connors & Sullivan, they are going to protect your money. They're going to protect your life savings when they do your estate plan. Because if you wind up in a hospital or one of your significant others do, do it, it can be $500, $600, $700 a day, $15,000, $18,000, $20,000 a month. It could cause absolute bankruptcy. But Connors & Sullivan... Those lawyers, they've been doing this stuff for years and years, 40 years plus. 
They really know their stuff inside and out. They've helped hundreds of people just like you avoid bankruptcy because of health care costs. They'll tell you exactly what you're eligible for, and they'll also help you devise a plan to avoid any type of financial hardship. So call Connors & Sullivan for a free initial consultation with a lawyer. That's 718-238-6500, 718-238-6500. They have offices in Manhattan, Brooklyn, Queens, and Staten Island. Don't wait. Call Connors & Sullivan today, 718 238 and after you speak to the lawyers at Connors and Sullivan, you'll be so glad that you did. Listen to AM 970 The Answer on Alexa. Tune in, iHeart, or Odyssey.com. Cover Girl by Cheap Trick, thanks to Alex Garrett, celebrating his uh, 10-year anniversary here at uh, AM 970, The Answer. Um, Well, it's kind of amazing that um, Joan told me that Carol Alt was going to be on the show, because I have been um, on my little Facebook Reels thing that I kind of read, look at as I'm going to sleep. And we're going to talk about it at the end of the show because it's a big article how all these cooking reels have blown up. Um, but I've seen a lot of them. You know, it used to be that they were, in my reels, they were about comedy and, like, pranks. And I don't know. Now it's gone from, like, comedy and pranks. There's no more pranks, although I love the pranks. It's comedy and, like, all these guys talking about health and the cooking stuff. But I saw, I've seen several of them talking about intermittent fasting and how important intermittent fasting is, which is when you basically decide there's an eight-hour window when you will put food in your body, and then there's a 16-hour window when you'll put zero calories in your body and how good it is for you. And I always rely on Carol Alt because, for health things, because besides the multiple books she's written on and television shows she's on all on this topic, you know, the proof is in the pudding. If you look at any of her online presence, I mean... For a 40-year-old woman, she looks like she's 20. Um, but I know she does not do intermittent fasting, at least that I know, because I know when she wakes up in the morning, she has her, like, protein bar. So I'm so excited to talk to Carol Alt to ask her, first and foremost, her thoughts on intermittent fasting. Hello, Carol Alt. Hello, Arthur Adela. How are you? Oh, I am wonderful. I guess you're not in, like, Italy right now or France or traveling the world as you usually are. No, but I'm I'm headed to Saudi Arabia supposedly, so that should be very exciting and very warm. And very warm, yes. It's 140 degrees. It feels like 80, a comfortable 80. That's what I'm told. Anyway, yeah, you know, I, I, I believe it when I see it. Go ahead. <laughs> yeah, I will know when I see it. Um, I wanted to say something about intermittent fasting. You know, I did intermittent fasting for five years, and my doctor came to me and he said, "Why are you fasting?" I said, "Oh, you know my." Other doctor said, for my health, it would be good if I fasted. He said, not for you. I'm like, why? What do you mean? He goes, well, you have different health issues than other people have. So not everybody's right for intermittent fasting. He says, I don't really want you to do 13 to 16 hours without eating because that'll put your body into ketosis, which isn't, isn't good for certain health ailments. How about that one? Okay. So, the, thing, the thing is, when it comes to intermittent fasting, you really have to check with your with a doctor who knows about intermittent fasting and what health issues that it's actually good for. A lot of people use it for weight loss, and it's really not a weight loss thing because your body starts to get used to it, 
and you'll st- you'll stop losing weight. I didn't lose any weight when I intermittent fasted, and I did it for five years. Yeah, but you didn't have any weight to lose, Carol, so that doesn't count. Um, oh, I, I, I could see a couple of pounds coming off Well, here there, I, I will tell you this. The, what, the, what, what I saw was that when your body goes, I think they she said after 16 hours without getting any nutrients at all, the cells start to look into themselves and start to kind of regenerate themselves because they're afraid there's no more nutrition coming in. So they're going to fix themselves. And that hour, that, that last hour before you finally eat is when there's a lot of cell regeneration. I don't know, Carol, you're the, the, the expert and genius on this. I have been doing intermittent fasting since when did I get married? 2016. So for a while now, actually. I mean, I don't follow it religiously the way you follow certain things religiously, but um, kind of religiously. You're not a psycho about it, um, but it's it's oh, kind of worked for you me. You don't know me very well. No, man. no, no. I oh, do know you very well. I know you very well. You, you, you. I mean, you know, I'm, not, I'm a total psycho about it. No, you're not. You're you. I I see you. You know, break know, break a rule here like and there. It. Yeah, but here's the thing. So. I've I've read that they say oh it makes it spurs stem cells and you know stem cells are undifferentiated cells so basically they're used to heal the body so if you need new lung cells stem cells can make new lung cells because they'll differentiate into lung cells so stem cells are undifferentiated cells so if you, people are like they're they're getting they're going into you know ketosis and they're intermittent fasting hoping to get stem cells but I'm going to go right back to the basics. Some people this is good for, and some people it's not good for. So you have to find the right doctor who can guide you through what it should, is that you should be doing. Like I said, I really didn't lose a pound on it, but that's not why I was there. I was there for my health, and then a doctor who was in the know said, not for your health issues, I would not do this because I don't want your body going into ketosis. And I was like totally shocked because I've been doing it for five years and I was miserable. <laughs> well, I, you know? the reason why Carol, Alt, the reason why I'm not miserable is it basically for me it just means I skip breakfast and I was never like a big breakfast guy. My best friend Josh, like it's his favorite meal of the day, and he does me eggs too. and this, <laughs> right? So it, it, that, for me, it's not like so. I wake up and I mean, really, the only difference is sometimes I would have juice in the morning or even, and I don't really have coffee in the morning. One of the reasons is because Carol Alt told me not to, and she told me all the reasons why about it. it causes anxiety and all kinds of stuff. But even if you do have those mornings, I do have coffee. I don't put milk in it because you're trying to not take in any calories. So for right. Me, that also means like you can't even have like hot water and lemon. You can't have anything because right. anything when you're when your body is fasting becomes something that kicks the body back into working, you know, into digestion. Right. So you but don't so have really all, anything. all I have to kind of do is just get to one o'clock and then, you know, I eat a lunch with like salad and some kind of protein. And um, and then, you know, I have dinner and I, as long as I stop eating by 830 or so, then. I'm done. Um, but whatever, I, I think you raise an excellent point that before anyone does something along those lines, they should check in with a doctor. And I want to follow up about the doctor stuff. Um, it's no secret that uh, you and I are both above 50. We share the same birthday of December 1st. And for Carol Alt, anyone now over 50, how often, um, if, they, you know, if they don't have, if, if they're healthy, quote unquote healthy, how often you, would you suggest they go see a doctor? And get checked. Oh my gosh! Up. I go, I go, I go every three or four months to get checked up. I, I, I do that because I've had issues in the past. You know, if you've had issues in the past, you should stay on top of it all the time. 
This, you know, if you've had any kind of major health problems like cancer or anything like that, it becomes a management for the rest of your life. I, I, I don't know. People say, oh, I'm in remission. And I go like, you know, for me, that means I have to keep on top of my health every day, all the time, constantly going to the doctor. But if you've been healthy, I would think twice a year would be would be fine enough. The dentist, however, should be going every three or four months and getting a very deep clean. Interesting. Now, I I would tell teeth you are very important. Oh my God, teeth are so important because they're attached to everything in your body. So that it's amazing that you're saying that. I I don't know if I know anyone who goes to the dentist every three months besides Carol Alt. Well, you know the problem is is that you know bacteria and all these things that get you know into the gum and it, it travels into the body and it goes to all the organs in the body because it travels those lines down into the body. So. I just go all the time. My my dentist told me, said, Carol, you know, I have a very elderly clientele. My dentist is 87, okay? And he does an unbelievable clean. And I go, I, I cheat and I go every four months. He wants me every three months, but sometimes I only go twice a year. But I go I go and get these deep cleans. And he says to me, no, none of my patients have health issues, no heart issues. And I'm like, do you think that has to do with the teeth? He goes, absolutely. So, you know, there's a school of thought out there that says, you know, keep your teeth clean because it really helps keep the whole body healthy. I I have to tell you, Cal, that's a spectacular piece of advice. Um, it really is. And um, I do know, like, there's a connection between the teeth and the heart, especially because, like, if you're on any kind of heart medication, you're going to go go to the dentist. You got to go get some special. You got to get an antibiotic. Right. Well, yeah. Right. Sure. Exactly. So one more topic before I let you go is um, I I had supposed to have a big meeting yesterday in the in the courthouse. My client called me and he said I have COVID and I have symptoms and I'm testing positive and I can't do it. Uh, and then a person in my office called me in the morning and said, I, I'm not feeling well. I think I have COVID. Then she tested, and sure enough, she has yeah, COVID. It's not gone. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> so what, what are Carol Alt's thoughts about the whole COVID thing right now in, in tw- the summer of 2023? Well, I mean, I, I still think it's out there, but I think uh, enough people are, are immunized and, you know, whether they've had it and, and their body it naturally immunizes. I think enough people have had it that it's not spreading like wildfire. But uh, my sister works in a law office as well. She's she's a paralegal and she runs a law office on Long Island. And I have to tell you, she said she's had a couple of clients who didn't show up because they had COVID. I was surprised because, you know, nobody's talking about it anymore. But it's still out there. I just think that, you know, I just think that people should build their immune systems so that we can naturally fight all of these things. Because, I mean, what were we doing years ago before there were all these vaccines? I mean, I think we just naturally fought things or maybe it was, I don't know, maybe it was. Uh, all right. Well, you, listen, you, you, you teed it up. <laughs> Wait, you teed this one up. You said you have, people have to build their immune system. So how does Carol all yeah. tell people? Um, and let's talk to people of our, our, our age group, not the 20 year olds, but how do, how do those a little bit older than 20 build up their immune system? The Naturally. same way I did. I mean, I just added a lot more raw foods, healthier foods, unpackaged foods, foods without salt and sugar in it. You know, if you make it healthy, you know, I know that I heard that you you were speaking about the uh, the newspaper article this morning when they're saying on TikTok all of these all these chefs popped up and this guy talks you know about you know nostalgia and this guy talks really fast and chops things up. I was doing my sixty second raw videos. It was a a raw dish. Sometimes it was muffins. 
in 60 seconds. Like it was teed up in 60 seconds. You could put it in the dehydrator, into the refrigerator, and you were done in 60 seconds. And I did them right throughout COVID for two years. I did something like 200 recipes. So we're going to start rerunning them again. After I read that article as well this morning, we're going to start rerunning them again because I still think people need to eat more healthy things and they need to understand what's in the food they're eating that makes them healthy and why it's healthy. I think people don't really explain to their patients or or their friends or their kids why something is healthy. I remember years ago somebody saying to me, well, you know, if you – you know, don't steam your vegetables and eat them raw. It's going to be healthier for you. And I'm like, well, I like my vegetables raw. I don't care. I mean, I, I like my vegetables cooked. I, I don't care. And then when I realized how stupid I was sounding to, in my own head when I said that, I was like, well, if this is healthier, but why is it healthier? And once I learned the why of things, it makes it so much easier to do it because if you want a result, you got to like deal with the whys of things. Why does something make you not healthy? And why does something make you healthy? Two very important questions. So, Carol, everything you say, I keep running down different rabbit holes. Now, I, I <laughs> one of the things I just read, it was a big article. It was actually a quiz. I think it was in the Times. Is it healthier to keep it, to eat it raw or to have it, like, steamed? And, like, I, I'm pretty sure, like, spinach, they say you're better steaming it than having it raw. But I think that may just be because you can consume more of it because, I guess, some of the water leaves and, and um, just steaming, simply steaming it, not until it's brown, but just until it's, I guess, a little more soft. And you can put more in your belly because, I guess, it doesn't fill you up as much. But it was a whole quiz. Is it better to eat this steamed or raw? Steamed or raw? And I think out of the I 10, I got eight right. And there's a big, there's a big argument, argument about carrots too that they're so hard to digest, and it's better if you juice them because you traumatize the cell wall and it releases all the nutrients and blah blah blah. Truth of the matter is, is I look also at pH. Is something acid or is something alkaline? Now I am a very uh, no 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 jokes here, but I'm a very acidic person. I mean, I I'm, I'm an A type personality. I'm always stressing, always running, always worrying, always doing. So I tend to try to eat much more alkaline so that it balances the body. So I look at that as well. I don't just look at is it raw and is the nutrition available. I look at does, it, does if I heat it, will it change the molecular structure? If I heat it, will it change the pH? If I heat it, will it kill the enzymes? If I heat it, will it you know, denature the vitamins and minerals so I'll, I'll be absorbing less? So there's a lot that goes into what I think about raw food. But what I tell people is, do it do really easy. Do it really simple. Start off with things like making sure all your condiments are raw. Get, you know, cold-pressed olive oil, not the, you know, olive oil that's the cheaper stuff or the, the vegetable oils that are cheap and, and, and you know, I, I believe not as healthy for you. I believe that cold-pressed olive oil is best. Get, get a Himalayan salt instead of a table salt because table salt has packing chemicals in it, and it's blanched, and it's bleached, and it's this, and it's that. And and, like, and why do you want to do that? So since you're on the topic of salt real quick, I, I know I'm taking up too much of your time, but um, you, you know, you said earlier, like, don't, don't use too much salt, but you, the salt, the Himalayan salt and, and other types of, of high-end salts. I'm talking could, about packaged salt right. and table salt. 
Because you need salt, right? You need certain Look, salt, the minerals in salt for your I body. I carry my salt with me. Mm-hmm. You know me. I have my olive and oil and my oil. salt. Right. I, I carry, yes, I carry it with me everywhere I go. And so I always have, I, so I always know I'm going to get raw, raw olive oil and I always know I'm going to have the right salt because, you know, it's, let's face it, restaurants don't put all the high end stuff out because they don't think about salt and olive oil as being, you know, really important in health. What they look at is their bottom line. You can't blame them for that. And I, I don't blame them for that. And maybe not all restaurants do that, but a lot of the restaurants I go to, I just don't trust. I bring my own, so I trust myself, so I'm happy. And then I know I can eat happy and healthy. You know what I'm saying? Oh, so, uh, Carol, I, no, I, no, I hear you. No bottled, no bottled salad dressings. I, I'm, I'm with you. I'm just, do I, you remember I, that commercial? Wait, Arthur, you, you, do you remember that commercial? Bottled dressing? Not on my fresh salad. Wow, look at you. <laughs> you know what I go with? I, and you can't go wrong with this. I just squeeze fresh lemon on, on arugula, and I'm good yeah. to go. Um, okay, I got to go. I'm, I'm you got to go. Person. I do love oil. I know, yeah. I know. I know you're a big oil person. It is 634. Um, Carol, we're going to be on Monday night. I don't know if you're not in Saudi Arabia. Pershing Square. I know. I was looking, checking out the places today. I told your producers I'm running around the city today. So, yeah. So, if you're there on Monday, you want to jump on the mic and co-host a little bit with me, you're more than welcome. We're going to be on for two hours, 6 to 8 p.m. So, we'll be around. You just stroll right in. And it's your world. We just live in it. <laughs> Maybe I'll see you on Monday. I'll talk All to right. the producers. Thank you All so right. much. Carol Ault, ladies and it. gentlemen, it's Arthur Idala, 635. We're going to take a break. We'll be right back talking about migrants with an immigration attorney. Don't go away. It's Wellness Wednesday, tonight at 7 o'clock on AM 970, The Answer. Uh, Dr. Mark Siegel, Dr. Douglas Howard, Kevin McCullough, all with you as we take on everything from postpartum to the death by cheese. That's all tonight at 7. AM 970, The Answer doesn't have to stop when you turn off your radio. Like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter or Instagram. Download the app. Just search AM 970, The Answer. Take us with you wherever you go. Have you ever had a legal question about elder law or state law? Every Wednesday night during Kevin McCullough's show, you'll hear from Mike Connors himself of Connors & Sullivan, Attorneys at Law, answering real listener questions. Simply email that question to askmikeconnors at gmail.com or call Mike's office at 718-238-6500, 718-238-6500. And don't forget to tune in to Ask the Lawyer with Mike Connors Sunday mornings at 11 a.m. on AM 970, The Answer, and Saturday mornings at 8 a.m. on AM 570 the mission all right let us talk about plaza college you know when we did that live remote there for a couple of weeks ago it was outstanding not only was it outstanding because it was fun it was cool to be around but going to the actual facility uh was really 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 special i mean it's the place is no joke it is a serious institution with uh like just a great environment for people to learn it and various things to learn and from think about it, dentistry to court reporting. Um, and, you know, this time of the year, look, 
and we're almost at September. We hate to admit it, but we're almost at September. And there may be someone who graduated in June, May or June, and they're like, oh, I'm going to take the summer off and figure out what we're going to do. Well, if they don't know what they're going to do, they should really check out Plaza College. They should go on the website of Plaza College and see all the offerings. One of the programs, as you know, that they have is the court reporting program, which allows them to speed their way into the legal field and make some good money without going to law school. Um, And right now, I'm telling you, you become a court reporter, you're going to have no problem finding a job, either in an institution or working for yourself. Because courts, schools, television stations, they all need these professionals to record and caption everything from depositions to classes to live shows and sporting events. And with the national shortage of court reporters, the National Court Reporters Association has partnered with Plaza College to offer a free two-week virtual seminar that gives a glimpse into the world of court reporting and captioning. The program is called A to Z and is being offered free and can be completed from the convenience of your home. So sign up today by emailing info at plazacollege.edu. That's info at plaza, P-L-A-Z-A, college.edu. Hi, this is Judge Kamins, a partner at Idala Bertuna and Kamins, and where Arthur Idala of the Arthur Idala Power Hour works at his 24-7 day job. In 2014, I retired from the bench to join ABK, which is a full-service preeminent boutique firm that has been helping New Yorkers when legal problems arise. ABK is uniquely qualified to assist New Yorkers who have a wide range of legal problems, from personal injury claims and civil litigation to criminal defense and trusts and estates. I personally work on appellate matters, attorney disciplinary matters, and complex legal issues with a dedicated group of attorneys who provide a team approach to each case. There is no legal problem too big or small for this talented and hardworking legal team. So when you think of the Idala Power Hour, also keep in mind ABK, the power legal firm. All right, let us talk about my friends at Hemp Leaf. Because those are the people who are behind the newest and coolest skin and body care products at Hemp Leaf. Their products are made with all-natural ingredients and essential oils to bring you comfort and relief. Hence, Hemp Leaf. Um, Their shea butter-based cream, I've been using it nonstop since the beginning of the year, and I love it. There's the regular shea butter, which is a little thicker, and then there's the whipped butter, which is a little lighter. It comes in lavender. It comes in vanilla. It comes in unscented. It comes in peppermint, which is all, woo, gives you a real kick. Their liquid black soap, it glides onto your body, leaving your skin soft, crisp, and clean. And all of their natural botanical products are manufactured in their Long Island, New York facility, and they are vegan-friendly and cruelty-free. And they have their Icy Pot, the incredible muscle rub. They have their Helixer, which um, is a cream that brings the blood down to your lower extremities, especially women around their heels and their feet after walking in those high heels. makes them feel a lot better. And remember, at Hemp Hemp Leaf, they don't put anything on your body that you would not put in it. So visit them at www.hempleaf.com. That's www.h-e-m-p-l-i-e-f.com. Mention the name Arthur at checkout and receive 10% off. Listen to us online at am970theanswer.com. Tune in, iHeart, Alexa, or odyssey.com. We're back to the Arthur Idala Power Hour with New York City's preeminent trial attorney and quintessential New Yorker, attorney Arthur Idala. 
All right, Alex, why are we listening to Jerry Garcia and the Grateful Dead? It's actually a kind of sad fact that today in 1996, he actually passed away of a heart attack. And I'm sure you remember that day because I was too young to, but I'm sure you might have. Uh, in no, 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 no. I, it was a big, big day. Look, he was sick. He was he had uh, diabetes. Um, and um, 1995, actually. I was going to say, was it, was it 95 or 96? Yeah, it's a long time. I would never have said it was that long ago. I would have said maybe 2005, but not 1995. Um, but that's how time goes by. As I mentioned earlier in the show, um, I was talking to some um, people from City Hall and, you know, their exasperation about the um, the migrant crisis is just it's they don't even have to talk about it, and you can tell it's a big problem. And um, I have no problem telling you I do not know much about immigration law as, as, at all. Um, but I've been obviously reading this about this migrant crisis. The Roosevelt Hotel is one block away from our law firm. And uh, so I said, Joan, could you get me someone who really knows about this stuff in the world of the law? And she did, because the Castro Legal Group, led by Renata Castro, they focus on immigration law. They are a full-service immigration firm. So without further ado, I would like to welcome Renata Castro onto the Idala Power Hour, and maybe she could give us some insight into what's going on, because one of the things I heard, Renata, is that the... Uh, New York City government can't get these individuals who want to work, who want jobs, and the city has jobs for them, legitimate jobs for them, but they can't get them the working papers, and the feds are telling the city it's going to take us at least two years to get these people working papers. Renata Castro, the lawyer for immigration, please shed some light on this. It's amazing how even the government cannot say what the right hand is doing. The left hand of the government cannot say what the right hand is doing. And I don't mean this by uh, adhesion of partisanship. It, it just goes to show how incongruent and, dare I say, incompetent um, our government agencies can be. When you look at what's happening in New York, New York is the only city that is facing, well, now followed by Boston, um, facing um, challenges with housing migrants who are in the country actually legally. Why? Any individual who is seeking asylum protections because their lives are at risk, because they have been persecuted as a result of the race, nationality, political opinion, um, as a result of some kind of membership in a particular social group that their government cannot protect them uh, from any kind of harm. New York is in this particular position because of its right to shelter law. So it's more than just the ineffectiveness that the federal government, and this has nothing to do with Biden or Trump, the immigration uh, pileup of inefficiency has been a long time coming as more and more people come to the United States. And there I say, as more and more people we need to come to the United States legally, vetted and with the right to work so that our social security can continue to be fully funded so that our workforce can continue to thrive because the United States has not suffered a major blow to its workforce because we continue to be a magnet for the best and the hardest working people in the world. People don't have a Canadian dream. They have an American dream because that's a representation of freedom, of accomplishment. But 
for as long as the U.S. government focus on finger pointing as opposed to resolving the issue, we will continue to see the dire situation we're seeing in New York and other problems related to immigration um, law throughout the United States. So Renata, uh, we're talking to Renata Castro. She's an attorney of the Castro Law Group, and she um, is an immigration lawyer. So hypothetically, if one of these migrants walks in, it's him and his wife and his his eight-year-old son and his six-year-old daughter, and they're like, hi, Ms. Castro. We actually have some money and we're here to retain you. And, um, you know, we're staying at the Roosevelt Hotel, but, you know, we want to we want to integrate hints here into the American society. You know, can we have a seat? Can we have a seat and, and a consultation with you? What does a lawyer in, in your shoes tell this family? Well, the very first thing we need to do before being retained is let's establish what kind of immigration relief you have available. If these individuals are in front of an immigration judge, have an immigration case that is being heard, or in in criminal terms would be an accusation that they're in the country without status, what we would do is analyze their eligibility for asylum or withholding of removal, which is a humanitarian relief available for those who are not eligible for asylum, but who deserve protection because their lives are at risk abroad. So they're safe in the United States, but they're never able to leave and return. Okay, so now they're allowed to, now you determine that a judge would say, okay, yes, we're not going to send them back. Now what? Now we're going to start putting together a case, testimony, um, related to the the persecution, evidence, newspapers, police reports, um, expert opinion, psychological evaluations, anything and everything that can show the U.S. government that that individual's claims of risk and threats are real. And, you know, sometimes it's... As, as a lawyer, it can be really challenging to show that someone was sexually abused abroad by gangs or by political actors, because usually the perpetrators don't leave traces behind. So it, it really is a quite uh, I love immigration law because I feel like I am doing something for these individuals, but also because it tests my legal skills. It's not a cut and dry area of the law where you cannot flex your creative legal muscle. No, I, or not. I, understand, okay. I understand what you're saying, and I appreciate very much what you're saying. I just want to give the listeners a little bit more of an idea of the reality of this particular situation right now in New yeah. York. So how long, the process you just said, how long does that take, number one, approximately? And what is this family supposed to do while this well, is going on? In other words, can the father say, look, there's a job in the pizzeria. Can I go take it? There's a job in the landscaping place. Can I go take it? The city of New York just posted a job for a welder. I know how to weld. Can I go take it? You know, I'm very glad that you reined me in. And as a good New Yorker, you put me on track. Um, when we talk about immigration law, a lot of individuals have the skills and the willingness to go and work, but their cases are in such backlog that it can take years before they receive the legal right to work. So what ends up happening is they end up working for employers who either are desperate for people to fill their positions and violate the federal laws and hire people who are not legally authorized to work 
or these individuals will just live off of the help of family and friends and live in dire conditions. And that is why we're seeing the situation in New York that we're seeing right now. So how long, and I know you don't know an exact answer, the way someone asked me how long does it take to do a criminal case or even a real estate closing, and there's so many variables, but these people who got here last month and they want to do things the right way, they don't want to break any laws. How long from today until they are able to, um, you know, at, at the very least, take on a, a job, go get a city job? Is it six months? I, Is I, it six years? I would say anywhere between a year and two years. And does the federal government, the president of the United States or Congress, do they have the ability to expedite that? Can they pass an emergency law, an emergency measure that says, you know, the way we did during COVID, we had emergency. After 9-11, we had emergency. Hurricane Sandy, we had emergency. Do they have the, the authority, the power to say, okay, line up, show us that you're, you know, you're, you're healthy and uh, you have some form of identification and we're going to register you and you can go start working right now. Is that, is that what should be done? Is that what can be done? You know what's what's great about this is that with the stroke of a pen, anyone in the immigration office, the United States Citizenship and Immigration Services, could resolve this problem by merely increasing the number of shifts that are being worked by uh, USCIS employees so that the production of employment authorization cards would be expedited. We don't need a law for that. We may need budgetary accommodations. However, they have sufficient um, manpower and the ability to merely increase the production of employment authorization cards, letting these people go about their lives and get a job as they want to. Most migrants come to the United States not to be a burden on the government. They come here because they want the right and the ability to work. And one last question before I let you go, Renata Castro, and I appreciate you finding the time to join us and and really educating us. Just to be clear, because everyone's blaming Mayor Adams on a lot of these issues. Mayor Adams does not have the ability to give these people their ability to work legally, correct? It's a federal issue, not a New York City issue, correct? That that is correct. In fact, it is likely that Mayor Adams, as a result of this chaos, will start advocating to eliminate the right to shelter in New York, which is not something that is an immigration problem. That, that was passed by New York City uh, legislation in order to make sure that individuals who are homeless in the in, in in New York City have the ability to seek shelter as a more inclusive city. However, with what's happening with migrants, it is very likely that Mayor Adams will feel like he's been cornered and will have to make some kind of argument against the right to shelter in New York. Wow. All right, Renata, Renata, Renata Castro, it's uh, 6.51, almost 6.52 here on a Wednesday evening. I thank you so much. Uh, this was so insightful. People who really want to know about the immigration uh, situation, I'm sure this uh, interview shed some light on it. I know it definitely did for me. I hope you can join us again when we need some more expertise on immigration, Renata Castro. I look forward to joining you in the future. Thank you so much. All right, folks, we're going to take a really, really quick break, and we'll be right back. Don't go anywhere. Sometimes, but it might just your life. That's the power of love. 
My name is Imran Ansari, and I lead the Civil Litigation Division of Idala, Bertuna & Kamins, the preeminent New York litigation law firm. Have you been injured in a construction site accident? Have you fallen from a scaffold, ladder, or height while on the work site? If the answer is yes, then you may be entitled to significant monetary compensation for your injuries. In most cases, the law in New York favors you as the plaintiff if injured in a fall while working on someone else's property. It is important you speak to an attorney right away to make sure your rights are protected. Myself and our team of experienced trial attorneys will never settle for less than what you deserve. We are always ready to go to court to fight for you and seek justice. If you or a loved one have been injured in an accident, don't delay. Call Idala Bertuna and Cammons at 212-486-0011, 212-486-0011, or visit us at idalalaw.com. Idala Bertuna and Cammons, fighting for justice, fighting for you. All righty. So you heard me mention to Carol Alt earlier what we're going to be doing Monday. It's going to be a really special show because um, it's going to be very informative. You know, it's not just going to be like a big puff piece or a big commercial. Um, it is going to be the leaders of Midtown, where these migrants are. Where, you know, Times Square is and Grand Central is and, and the heart of the city and there's a lot of empty buildings and there's, you know, and a lot of problems. So we're going to be there for two hours. We're going to be at Pershing Square on the terrace, right in the heart of Grand Central, right outside the Grand Central. Um, the Midtown Bid Coalition is a coalition that was put together last year of all the various um bids and alliances from that area. So there's the Times Square Alliance, the Grand Central Partnership, the Garment District Alliance, the Madison Avenue Business Improvement District, the East Midtown Partnership, the Fifth Avenue Business Improvement District, and the Hudson Yards Hell's Kitchen Alliance. Um, They're all going to be together to just basically talk about their various neighborhoods and what's going on in them. And there's really, we could talk to about any topic we want. Obviously, I'm going to talk about the bars and the restaurants, but the housing, the real estate, the tourism, the retail stores, the whole nine yards. Um, so you got to tune in. And if you're in the city, come by. I don't know what the weather looks like. It's a little too early. We'll check tomorrow. Um, but come by. Join us. Two hours, Monday, August 14th, 6 to 8 p.m. on the Author Idola Power Hour. Kevin McCullough is next on AM 970, The Answer. So I really have a couple of minutes left. Um, I, you know, there are some shows that, um, you know, I'm just I'm speeding through. And there's other shows that as a consumer of uh, talk radio, because I have been my whole life, the radio, we, we moved into our home in Bay Ridge in 1976. And we had some crazy device called the intercom where there was the main unit in the kitchen and there were speakers in every room. And it was like a real big deal back in 1976. Um, Now it's basically Sonos, right? Um, But on Saturdays and Sundays, we'd have music on. It was usually Sinatra uh, or show tunes. And um, but during the week, it was all talk radio. Um, Barry Farber, Barry, Barry, Bob Grant, um, Barry Farber. There was another one. Barry Gray. Um, Anyway, I really enjoyed today's show as a consumer. 
Um, I thought Carol Alt was great. I love listening to her Wellness Wednesday stuff. I mean, she really focuses on her health, and she doesn't make any secret about it. I think she's going to be 62 this year, December the 1st. We share the same birthday. She don't look anything near 62. Um, So I really enjoy speaking. I think she's got a great personality. Um, And our last guest was... um, I mean, really insightful. I mean, you know, there's so many people on radio who hold themselves out as experts, but they're entertainers. Um, You know, when you're talking about these Trump cases, I don't want to mention names, but on this station and other stations, people who are not lawyers are talking about the law and they're talking about all kinds of stuff that, you know, I try to bring on people who really know their craft. What are we listening to, Alex? I know you love Whitney Houston's version of the National Anthem, so I figure why not take us out? Why Whitney it? today? Because it was her birthday. It is her birthday today. Today's her birthday. Yes, what sir. a tragedy. What a tragedy. All right, folks, I'm off to Judge Pesci's house. I am so excited. I'm going to eat 15 different courses with my father, my son, my nephew. How lucky am I? Have a great, great night. We will be back tomorrow. The Arthur Idala Power Hour is sponsored by Idala Bertuna and Cammons, PC. Three star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to, he understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.